Hello, welcome to the Escape from It. I'm Ted Hallett, and this is our Jason O'Brien. Killing it next to me here at 593 St. Clair Avenue West. Riffing on the 416 on the west side, west north, northwest. I've been a six, four, seven, uh, this is the show where we kind of talk about, you know, escaping and, and we talk about, you know, um, things that we do to get happy. And we also celebrate uh, those who know how to do that. And we celebrate those members of our community. But yep. for now, we're just kind of chilling and uh, talking about uh, what moves us. Jay? Yes. Well, what moves me to do this podcast today is uh, we did episode one before. But there were technical difficulties, and it was a great conversation. It was a really good episode one, but uh, we didn't have the uh, we didn't have the proper setup, and it cost us it cost us the will to put up that episode. So what we're doing today is we are redoing episode one, which isn't exactly uh, we don't want to exactly just do episode one again. We want to, you know, just do today but so we're putting this pressure one. on ourselves to make a kick-ass first episode but in reality we've done four of them already you know what dave babcock says about pressure what does dave babcock say about pressure <laughs> he says pressure is a good thing because it means there's an opportunity who's mike babcock are you asking me, or are you asking the audience? Oh, no one's listening to this. I'm talking to you. <laughs> there might be people listening. No, Jay, there come on. people. Jason yeah. has this thing where people, people are going to listen to this, and it's going to be like millions of dollars. You're going to discover it. Yeah, and they'll discover it out of boredom. I go, oh, what is this noise I've stumbled onto? I'm going to give them a million dollars just to make them shut up. And until we get that million dollars, we're going to keep doing it. We know you're out there. Um, Jason also believes in the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, true love, and um, and uh, tipping. How do you think? I actually, I, I believe less and less in tipping. I really do. Don't what? start what that what? thread on me. Why the thread? Don't start it <laughs> about the no tipping Why? thing. If you're serious, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, I'm joking then. Great, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, what's what's the issue? It'll just piss me off. It'll I make me angry because obviously you're gonna you, you're not against it. If obviously, I'm fucking for it because it's my living, and we're just gonna go back yep. and forth, and inevitably, I'm just gonna get fucking pissed off and angry, I and then I won't be able to shake it. Then I'll be like, you know, now I'm already getting agitation. This is exactly why I think tipping should be eradicated. And I think you should be fucking eradicated. Right, like I'm jumping to death. This is we haven't even had the conversation (laughs) yet, and I'm dumping. uh, I'm jumping to your fucking (laughs) slaughter and demise already. We haven't even begun the conversation, (laughs) and I'm going to death already. (laughs) That's got to tell you something. I want you to die (laughs) rather than have this conversation. That's what I want. Because it's tied to servers, servers self worth. Because as a long time. Uh, server and bartender. But why are you talking about? You're still talking about this. You now. brought it up. No, Believe, no. You said Jason believer in y- tipping, and I said actually less and less. But what about the other shit that I said? The other shit that you said in Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Santa Claus in the previous episode one actually, and we how did? Santa Claus uh, de-stresses, declutters, and uh, right. Yeah. Right. And we all know he's getting sucked off by all of his elves. Mrs. Claus is, is playing with his ass. And that is how he stays fucking loose. Those poor overworked elves. 364, he's getting butt stuff, right? The one day of the year. You don't think he keeps his back in shape for the for that huge bag of presents and being able to swerve down all oh, the Oh, dude, that cat is 100% limber all times. Yeah. Right? He he's has to be. He's fucking Santa Claus. Yeah. And that's why those little elves need to work those little fingers and, and help that you know guy distress. Easter Bunny, what about that asshole? 
That doesn't make any sense to anybody. How so? Who does? What is a bunny with chocolate eggs? What the hell is that? And he hides them around for kids to find, and that's how Jesus died and was resurrected. What the fuck? I'm getting confused with the tooth fairy. Because I, <laughs> I was thinking that, well, that's not the fucking Easter bunny. The Easter bunny comes in and fucking puts money underneath your pillow when you got a loose tooth. But I'm <laughs> correcting myself. I go, no, that's the fucking tooth fairy, you ass. Right? The, bu- the bugs bunny. Now I'm getting a different thing. The Bunnies butt it. stuff that Santa Claus <laughs> enjoys is actually the tooth fairy on her days off when all the kids have all their teeth. Getting ransacked by the Easter Bunny. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa, Jason Ted out. That's our first episode. There you go. <laughs> no, no, we gotta, we're got. we going to keep going. You know why? Because that's what heroes do. What, you didn't like that movie, Thor? I didn't get the reference, actually. Oh, it's from Thor. Great. It's the last line in the whole movie. Really? Yeah, no. Yeah, it happens in the middle. <laughs> um, <coughs> all right, so, uh, yeah, here we are. Uh, we're redoing episode one because uh, because we have to. Because this Still is upset about the tipping thing. And, uh, we're, I mean, we're done, but... That's why I don't believe in it. Cause it I don't want to continue this conversation. Okay. Let's Why'd move you bring on. It back up then? Why do these smi- mics smell like baby powder? Because that's what Long McQuaid does. They wipe them down, they sanitize them, and then they give them a With nice little smell. Baby's asses. Maybe. Hopefully, they're just using the wet wipes. Well, they're not actual clean babies. Baby's asses, anyway. Um, yeah. Anyway, free plug for Long McQuaid. Long McQuaid. When I first got to Toronto. Uh, they had a really kind of a shitty attitude, kind of like the way that all those kids who worked at Empire Records uh, had an attitude right. of like, just like, you want a guitar? I went, God. And I'm like, no, I don't want a guitar. I want a bass. I'm a bass player. What's with the attitude? And um, at one point, I really think they fired all of those people, except for the people who were like, you know what? This is, I've had enough complaints about the, about the attitude around here. And then they became a helpful customer service forward uh, entity. And ever since then, like, I've trusted them more. I, I don't loathe going in there. And they do good work. They stand by their work. And they, some of the people who work there have become friends. They should. They're, you know, you're the fucking customer. They're a business. Their business is not shaming others mm. who are coming in who want to spend hundreds of dollars on running a fucking amp. Yeah. You know, I only want to get told that they're idiots on top of that. It it's was like the 90s, like coming into the 2000s, too. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, that, that whole plaid shirt, you know, fucking Gen hipster, X. you know. No, pre hipster, I think. Hipster parents. <laughs> the parents of the hipsters. It was even worse because they created the hipsters. They, yep, no doubt about that. Yep. I can't stand those people. There's a few of those. uh, Well, people, when you walk into a store, store shaming, whatever Mm. it is. I'm sure women go through it when they walk into a fucking high-end or bougie fucking, you know, clothing department store only to get looked at sideways. You know, oh, you know, you're, you're getting sized up, you know, whether it be. You know, profile or whether you know they're sizing up, uh, you know, economically. I mean, as servers, mm-hmm. depending on gratuities, mm-hmm. we do that as well. We profile and we kind of set up people, you know, size up people when they walk through the door. Um, you know, it's uh, that's true. You know, yeah. Um, but um, fuck, what was my original thing? Where was I fucking going? You were going with people walking into stores and uh, the oh, attitude. Oh, right, right, the attitude, right, right. That's true. Yeah, and getting that, yeah, and getting that attitude, uh, you know, uh, you know, certainly you don't know what you're fucking talking about. And like, well, you're supposed to, you know, help me make the sale, be that guy that you know encourages people to come in and have that conversation. I think a lot of businesses, you know, would be more successful that way. Yeah, you know, I mean, McDonald's would take off if I could just talk about some, you know, to somebody with about the burgers. You know, I I think that company would totally take off if they just would open their ears a little bit. What do you mean? Is McDonald's suffering? Yeah, they, they are. <laughs> they haven't done well as a business. They haven't at all. No. They need to rebrand. If w- they've been trying to rebrand for re- rebrand. Rebrand? Yeah, yeah. They're trying to get the group back together? Yeah, the Burger King and the Hamburglar. Uh, 
and uh, Mayor McGee's on tambourine, I think. Oh, he's into politics now. Really? Yeah. He was always in politics. He's mayor. It's this whole thing. <laughs> Do you think that Mayor McCheese ever g- makes it up to the North Pole ha- to hang out with Santa Claus? In my mind, I have, you know, Santa Claus in the North Pole when it's not Christmas time is having these fucking off the fucking charts parties and just like, you know, he's just having these, you know, rustic orgies. (laughs) Rustic orgies. Right? Uh, and oh, he's got all go, of his friends. He's got the, uh, you know, Mrs. Claus. He's got like, yeah, and he's got the mayor of fucking McDonald Town, <laughs> right? Is that what his name is? Yeah, he's got you know the mayor of McDonald Town, and he's got uh, you know he's got uh, Clarence and the rest of the Clearwater Revival. You know, he's got. Uh, the party happened over there, right? Clarence Clearwater Revital, is that what it was? I don't think Credence. Credence, there you go. Clarence. It was Clarence and the Clarence and the Clarence and the Clear Clarence Clarence and the Clearwater Revival. Clarence Credence Clearwater Revival. Clarence and the Clearwater Revival. You think? I don't think. I have no idea. So this podcast is about uh, uncluttering, de-stressing, and uh, art—the way artists find their way through to the uh, to the goods, to the things that they they are passionate about, to the things they want to do. Yeah. Is your thing done? What thing? Oh, you still it's still there, eh? You still got some. Uh, I'm on the second one actually. I got the uh, I got a second one. Um, Same strain? No, it's a different strain. It was a strain that was referred to me by the uh, by the attendant. I don't like it as much. What strain is it? Um, it is. It's called purple something or other. Purple haze. Maybe I don't. I don't think so actually. I like. I would uh, know that. Purple bush. You know, it would be on the tip of my tongue. It, um, let me see. I think they have ah. it. Is it okay? Yeah. This mm-hmm. is the letting, out letting out some air. Oh. Granddaddy Purple. Oh. Yeah, that's a heavy indica. 80-20. 80 20. 80% indica, 20% sativa. Yeah, that's and good. it's uh yeah, it's a bit more involved than uh the uh Luke Skywalker OG. Skywalker OG is a little bit lighter. You can like, you know, do your daily job on that probably. It felt like a light beer kind of. Right, you right. Know? This is like sleepy time. You know, Jason at the end of the night wants to relax. A little bit, yeah. After busting that. Yeah. I yeah. Follow that one. Keeney's asleep. He wants to bust one more nut, but he can't. <laughs> Go on about your fantasies about what <laughs> happens at the at the O'Brien home. The O'Brien. The Ryan O'Brien homestead. So it's actually THC extract. I, I thought it was. Uh, I was confused as to whether it was. THC extract or shatter, and I'm still confused about what the difference is. Extract. Well, extract is a. Oh, extract. Uh, I thought I didn't think we were doing this. Extract <laughs> is. Um, it's a, as opposed to a distillate, right? Most things like my gummies are a distillate, so it's a more. That's mm-hmm. a concentrate. Shatter. It's a concentrate. Um, so sh- a uh, extract is. Uh, it's almost like you know, if I were to make you extract the, uh, it's like probably can it's probably coconut oil. It's probably like an oil base type thing. Mm-hmm. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Of course it makes sense. Yeah, I'm not enjoying it as much as uh, as much as the other, but you're right. Yeah, I'm alright. I'm just playing with it. Mm. Oh, hello. There you go. Hello, Governor. There we are. I was gonna tell a like a little faces joke, but it's really bad on uh, on don't a podcast. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, it's uh, what's the point of that? Don't do that. Um. <coughs> I'm a big fan of ignoring your instincts. Yeah. Yeah. Like my Jason instincts, yeah. or why? no, just yours. What? I have pretty good instincts. No, I mean, uh, but I you know what I did? I bought a Raptors hat the day before the playoffs began. This year. Hopping on the bandwagon. Look what happened. No. I bought a hat. I've been... Okay. Bandwagoning. What is bandwagoning? Because I'm pretty sure that nobody shows up to a shitty team. Blue Jays' attendance is way down. You know why? Because the team sucks. The team is terrible right now, and nobody shows up. Does that mean when they start getting good again, everyone's a bandwagon fan? Well, what about the Leafs? The least no- suck notoriously. Yeah, yeah. They always have. The they always will. Time. But they fucking fill the they're seats. They're decent right now. They're ah, no, they're not. And if they ever were decent, the they choke. Pack. And you know they fucking would. Mm. You know if they ever made it to the end, they would fucking choke on like a big kibasa. And so, you know, fuck it. Mm. When, did the, when did you change your mind on the Raptors? I changed my mind on the Raptors when I made a bunch of money behind the bar. <laughs> uh, you know, I love what big sporting events does to the city. I, I like the uh, you know economic economically. I, I like what it does. Yeah. I like what it, I like what it does uh, heart wise to the city. Yeah. This is a world class city. I love it. I've been to a lot of places in this world, and I think Toronto is like definitely. One of the best cities ever, ever, yeah, ever, yeah. and and so that's why I like the Raptors. I could give a rat's ass about whatever the fuck happens there with the ba- bakes baseball and the basketball. But <laughs> if the Leafs were to get a good defenseman, that would put them up there with probably anyone. And how would that make you feel? That would make me feel like it's about goddamn time. And that's where I would find joy is knowing that you felt happy about it. I could give a shit whether they found a defenseman or not. Yeah. But I love that other people, you know, I saw people cry because yeah. they want. It's so emotional, overwhelming, you know, and, and that's that's yeah. what. What did you just say? What did you just whisper? What did I you just, just said Jesus. And then I thought of uh, what happened uh, the night that the Raptors won the, the uh, championship. Uh, I watched it with uh, one of my oldest friends, uh, Steve, uh, who we're going to try and have on the podcast. And we, I don't know, it was always a thing for me that I always wanted to be in a city when championship happens, just see what happens. Weren't you here when the Blue Jays won? No, no, no. That was two, three years before I got here. Oh, shit. Uh, I got here shortly after the Raptors started up as a as a franchise. Right, right, right. And I don't know, like, don't read the paper. I like, I went to see a couple games. Like, I don't, you know, like I didn't making the investment to go and see a lot of games wasn't in my budget, you know. So you know, like, uh, I would watch it when it w- when it was on, when it was good, and when it was bad, I would just be like, all right, I get it. You're going through bad times. Call me when it gets better. Uh, and then it got good. Jason, hi, it's the Raptors calling. You asked us to call when it gets better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I didn't think you'd call, man. Oh, wow. (laughs) Raptors are on the other line. (laughs) That's customer service right there. Um, and then, uh, and then they trade for, they trade half of the heart of the team, uh, to go and get this guy who was disgruntled and hadn't played in a year. And he, he did something that, I read about and have seen videos of in the 90s. Um, he, he, like, that was a crazy tear. It's incredible. Like, there were two 
distinct all-time moments in that series in, in that run to the to the final incredible uh yeah i love the joy that you have from it right but i i'll be honest with you i tuned out for like about a good minute when you were talking mm. <laughs> i get it, you know it's not for everybody and like it's it's important because some people decide it's important you know, like it's not important. It's not political. It, it makes no difference to our lives, and yet, strangely, oh, it I makes think a difference it makes everything to the Torontonian psyche. I think it makes everything uh, to our lives. About our li to our lives. I think it has. It's how people declutter. I think it's. I think it's sports for the masses. It's how people it join it. It unites everyone. It's mm -hmm. fucking called the Olympics for a reason. It's like it. It's something that everyone can think about on a ground level. Everyone's got a common denominator. We all speak yeah. the, the the language of sports, mm -hmm. right? Um, as much as I, I hate the douchebaggery that comes with it at times, yeah. I do appreciate and love the uh, you know what it does to the what it does to humans when they watch it. You know, uh, uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, you can lose yourself in a... Oh, yeah, it's theater, right? Relatively, yeah, it's new theater with rule, you know, like... Old the theater. Uh, sporties were in a r sporting events were around before plays go back to the Greek times, right? I think I think they had, yeah. you know, uh, they were feeding Christians the lions in sporting events yeah. before they were doing, you know... Oh, maybe they were... Who came first? Sporting Did they events. Sporting events? Like, uh, well, yeah, I mean, theater... Well. You're going back to you know, Shakespeare. And I guess Greek. Yeah, but like there's the hunt, and then there's telling the story around the fire about the hunt. Oh well, fuck then. Yeah, so if we're the going that. The hunt is the sport, and then the story is the theater. So yeah. I guess sport kind of came first. And then there's conquest, which is war, which is a different thing. But Jason O'Brien, you bring up a very good point here on the Escape and Miss podcast. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Well, if ever we get a phone, we're going to take calls and, and, you know, figure out and find out what other people think, you know, you. of when uh, theater started and, you know, what came first, sport or the hunt. That's true. Can I tell you the, w the weirdest thing that I saw on the championship parade? Not yeah. on the championship parade, but like uh, it was at a Tim Hortons that we pulled over into to uh, go and grab some water while we were going up. Um, we just kept going back and back to the buses because it was going so slowly that we could just like just walk past the buses and then go right back up and go, yeah. And then we just avoided the downtown mayhem stuff. Anyway, uh, we're in this Tim Hortons and just this is why they're separated from like the regular people in the crowd, I guess. Uh, a guy came into the Tim Hortons wearing a T-shirt saying, I heart my own foreskin. Okay. That's all right. Very self love. Yeah. It's a lot to know about a person. <laughs> so? <laughs> I was standing there and I was looked at the shirt and I read the shirt and I looked at him and I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's in my head now. It's yeah. Foreskin. What's wrong with that? What? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with what? Foreskin? No, what's wrong with a guy wearing a t shirt? Saying I love my, I hurt my foreskin. It's weird. It feels a bit trolly. I mean, I have a t-shirt that says I love peas. Is that too much information? Like peas in a pod? It's up or to you. It doesn't matter. Peas. I'm not going to engage that person in conversation just from them looking at my t-shirt. Excuse me. Do you mean peas in the pod, or is it sweet peas, or yeah, but petite asking, de pois? Well, what do you mean? Are you picked at the height of, of freshness? People, I'm asking. What is it spelled? P e a s. Is it spelled P e e s? Is it spelled P with inverted commas around it, S? You know what? By this time, I've ordered my double-double, and I've walked out of the Tim Hortons. <laughs> so nobody gets to ask? I'm no. asking now, though, and I'm in your house, so I don't think you're going to kick me out of the place. Okay, so I'm going to keep pressing. Okay, what's the question? <laughs> I heart peas. Yes. How is peas spelled? P-E-A apostrophe S. Something belonging to the peas in the pod. You're peas. you're you're treating I this like it's an escape from room. You're you're trying to like this this mass fucking puzzle. You're trying to figure out, man. You know, it's really it's a t-shirt, dude. I just wanted a coffee and a fucking jelly donut. I'm on my way to the cottage. No. 
I've stopped at the 401 and you're and this random dude's asking me all these questions about my fucking witty cottage shirt. I got the kids in the car and you want to fight me now. Whose kids are in there? They're mine. What? Yeah. Where'd you get kids? <laughs> I do apologize for the creaking that you hear. That is part seat and part upstairs neighbor. Um, we do apologize for the uh, for the. I don't apologize where I live. Well, I can't help it. They need to walk quieter. I'm not apologizing for where you live. I'm apologizing for the sound that is in that is infesting its way into the podcast. Yeah, I know. I didn't mean for it to come across as me being like that. Okay. So decluttering. I've had since since we started this podcast, I have heard many conversations about uh about mental health and about um scripts that people follow in certain social and whatnot transactional situations and i i, I don't know I think this is a very a very salient time and a th- uh, salient time for a show like the escape is is mists. I agree. All right, great. <laughs> um, while you're talking about um, mental health and and you know our focus, mm-hmm. you know what popped in my head, Jay? What's that? Five cho- five ice cream tacos. Five ice cream tacos. Yeah. Tell us about the five ice cream tacos. Just one of them. Yeah. Why did you have them? Why did you have the ability to get them? I ordered them off of Uber Eats. Yeah, because of I just saw they were available, right? So I, uh, for delivery, right? I'm like, oh, that's fucking great. So I, I bought five tacos, five ice cream tacos. But and the you bought them in celebration of. Uh yeah, as I, I as Ted booked a couple of things. No 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 no. Off of, off of e, I just liked. I would I did that normally, you know. In fact, I want to do it right now. I just have this. I just wanted my mouth to feel. Mm. I have this. I love the feeling of cold, especially when you first wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. and you put a like a, a nice big bite of ice cream in your in your mouth. I love that that feeling. Are you brushing the inside of your th- of your calf with a, a, f- a brush? A brush? I thought that was your phone. <laughs> I thought you were just scratching your leg with your phone. And it was making this... You know what's also great is a good scratch. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer that than over sex. Well, maybe you're not having the right sex. Maybe you're just not scratching yourself in the right way. I actually do the pinch and twist. Oh, yeah, the pinch and roll. Everyone knows that one. Oh, it's great. I know, but after a while, I mean, you want to get into some deep, some deep, you know, oh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, scratching, yeah? Yeah. Mm. Terpene is what purple is. That's is what it's the called. Taste the taste of purple. The flavors that you get from cannabis. Yeah. Lemon, grape, purple, uh, sour, diesel. Those are called terpenes, right? Okay. It's kind of like a wine, a red wine would have when you get a hit of cherry or chocolate or, or you know, whatever. I thought those were like remnants of the of the soil, though, and from the land it was planted in. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Hmm. It's the same idea of why when you taste red wine, you know, you taste what you taste. Yeah. Uh, weed when you smoke the flower, mm. you'll get those lem that lemony taste <coughs> from a lemon haze or, or you know, you'll get those that natural terpene that natural flavor. What's yeah. happening though when you extract? You lose all those uh, and distillates and the concentrates. You lose that flavor, some of them. So people punch them back in. Mm-hmm. So they'll take the natural terpene and they'll put it back in. Or with some of the e-cigarettes and stuff, they'll take terpenes, those natural flavors, and then inject it into whatever the fuck. 
right? So to have that natural bubblegum flavor, what yeah, 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 yeah. Is bubblegum like a natural thing? Uh, not the word bubblegum, but there's probably some flowers that have that citrusy bubblegummy, maybe, you know. Hmm. Awesome. So it was a real shame that we lost episode one because I really liked a lot of the a uh, lot of the things that we talked about in episode one. Um, I just want to talk about the dead ice stuff. You don't want to talk about it? No, let's talk. We're making new ones. We're, we're talking all this stuff about the dead episode that people are not going to remember the fucking name of. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So okay, but you, along with the championship celebration, you booked a couple of things. Yeah. 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 I don't want to talk about that. Why not? Um. I don't know. It uh, jinxed it a little bit, maybe. You know, maybe jinx the universe. I like to just be humble and not talk about it. Because then, I don't know, in my brain, if I talk about it, that means it's not going to happen because you want it too much, you know? Mm-hmm. So, there's that. Isn't that a state of being, though? Or like a, like a, um, insofar as mindfulness and stuff, isn't that like just like you're, you're skipping to an end that isn't necessarily written? No, I'm not skipping to any end. I'm d- I'm riding the wave. Okay, so it's more like a like pitcher not stepping on the lines kind of thing. I mean Basically, yeah. 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 Or not shaving the beard nobody until after talks the World Series. Nobody talks to a goalie. Exactly, yeah. He's got a shutout going. Yeah, totally. Unless they talk to you. <laughs> he or <laughs> she talks to you. You have to talk to the goalie sporting the shutout. You have to be normal. You can't be, you can't act like there's a shutout happening. You've got to be like really, you know, just normal about it. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. Be normal. Be normal. Mm. Be normal. Do you like my pasta makers? Yeah. Oh. You got pasta makers. Yeah. Where'd you get pasta makers? They were in my grandmother's. And then you also have a box full of uh, old m- uh, wireless <laughs> landline telephones. Yeah, it looks like that, but it's uh, it is not those phones. Yeah, it is a look? yeah, sure. It's a uh, it's an electric turn or spinner for the yeah, pasta maker. So you don't even have to spin it. You just right, you just click it on and it goes. And so my grandmother got the electric thing when it became too hard for her to turn out, you know, the pasta. <laughs> You're ruining it, Jay. No. <laughs> You're ruining it. It's so heavy, I dropped it. Okay. Uh, well, I have bits of pasta flour on me. Nice. Kill me later. Or it'll make me fart later. How much later? I don't know, but you'll probably just leave it at the edge of my door on your way out. (laughs) (coughs) That was so well-timed. I couldn't believe it. I went to um, the butter fart. (laughs) (laughs) Went to the butter fart. Went to I the butterfly. I, I went to the uh, I went to the butter tart festival. It was lovely. But instead, I said butter fart. Butter farts were everywhere. Should be a different festival if it was butter farts. No one would come. They would fill me, fill me up with slippery flatulence, methane all the way. Put it on a pan and it'll splatter. Farts all day. That's all I got. Are you going to go back to the chorus? Yep. Which was? <laughs> Butterfly. Butterfarts. <laughs> go again. Yeah, so uh, I went to the Butter Tart Festival. Butterfarts. Um, and I ate my weight in butter tarts. There was a butter tart festival? Yeah. When? On Saturday. Really? Yeah. Was it great? Um Who won? Uh someone who shouldn't have actually. I, I thought I didn't oh, think they had the I thought their butter tart, tart <laughs> <laughs> Somebody died. 
Um, it's it's definitely a, an episode that Angela Lans- Lansbury would come into and try and sort out. Anyway, no, about to talk, festival. <laughs> That's a great Angela Lansbury impression. Yes, um, yeah, the one that they the one that won the contest. It was too sweet. The crust was too sweet, and uh, I wasn't a big fan. Um, but I had like. That's why uh, Pepsi always won the Pepsi challenge, apparently. Oh. Because it was just sweeter than Coke. So in a blind taste test, people always went with the more sugary tasting thing. Right. Anyway, the Pepsi no. of butter tarts. Yes. <coughs> yeah. So um, I had a um, couple classic butter tarts, and I had a raspberry butter tart. Um. And they had like a, an eighties an eighties cover band, mm-hmm. and uh, so I just sat in the chair and. <laughs> is that <laughs> when I, when I'm thinking about butter tarts, the butter tart of my ears is eighties music. Yeah, <laughs> it just oozes oh, sugar. Yeah. You, once you bite into it, it never stops oozing. <laughs> how much Glen? T- how much? <laughs> how much Glass Tiger can we listen to? Two uh, songs that, yeah, that I can. That's remember. about it, and we're yeah. tapping out. Right? Yeah, yeah. Great songs though. They made it to the pantheon of music, but Honeymoon Suite was my favorite band when I was growing up. Really? It was also my first concert I ever been to. Yeah. Uh they were playing in uh St. Catharines at Garden City Arena and Gowan was opening up for them. Yeah. And um yeah, I, I remember it was a big deal, man. It was uh mm. I was like fifteen years old, I think. Um, and yeah, they were my favorite band. I think one of the guys was Niagara Falls, and one of the videos was, uh, you know, featured Clifton Hill, the the main strip in uh, Niagara Falls, yeah. and um, uh, and I did a lip sync contest. I came in second prize, second I guess second place to uh, second prize, second prize, second place um, to uh, the Romby twins, who these hot blonde, uh, brun- uh, hot blonde. Um, twin sisters uh, who went to my school and they did yeah they're twins and they're like they're like the most good looking people ever and whoa they did uh they did grease lightning and they won and uh, and i came in second and i i wore handcuffs on my on my pants as sounds like you believe that they deserved it though i don't know if i were to go back if i were to turn back the hands you know who knows uh a co-worker of mine said he went to a party once a house party and Kept looking around, and there were all these pictures of Lawrence Gowan with different people, though. Like, you know, like Lawrence Gowan with, like, a premier, and Lawrence Gowan with, you know, some other singer or whatever. Lawrence Gowan with, you know, like, you know, famous people, whatever. And he was like, why the fuck does this guy love this this singer so much? It's what What the fuck is going on? And then he found out he was at Lawrence Gowan's house. That didn't land. There's no good <coughs> I wanted it to land. I saw that coming. That's no. crazy. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So your your first ever concert was Platinum Blonde. No, it was uh, Honeymoon Suite. Honeymoon Suite. So I always get those confused. Me too, because they're actually quite similar. But yeah. I, I was a big fan of Platinum Blonde as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> they're Canadian, yeah. I think they're Canadian, fully Canadian. I know one of the guys. The honeymoon Sweet is, yeah. Honeymoon yeah. Sweet is, and then one of the guys, at Platinum Blonde guys, was like one of the tech dudes who ran the board at the Rex, I think. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Huh. Anyway, um, my first two concerts that I've ever been to were the Bare Naked Ladies. Do you remember the venue? Uh, one of them was at Lansdowne Stadium in Ottawa. Uh, the old Lansdowne Stadium where the Rough Riders used to play. Mm. And the second one was the Princess Theatre in Sault Ste. Marie. And the Princess Theatre was like, Lansdowne was like thousands and thousands, and there were little specks on the thing over there. Uh, Princess Theatre, there was like 500, 700 people. And me and my like little 15-year-old, 14-year-old buddies went... And at four in the morning, we went to went to camp out in March in Sault Ste. Marie. It was freezing. And we were playing songs on guitar. And like we just did the whole thing, you know. Uh, and our parents were like, yeah, sure. Go freeze. <laughs> It'll be fun. I remember Bare Naked Ladies was when they first came on. It, 
it was a big deal because of their name was Bare Naked Ladies, and yeah. uh, they had to apparently cancel some concerts or people were boycotting and picketing. They weren't allowed to play Nathan Phillips Square. They were banned from Nathan Phillips Square because of their name, even though they were a local Toronto band. That's crazy. And like most good music, it came to me through my sister. Or like, I shouldn't say most, but so much good music came through my through my sister. She brought home the Yellow album, and like I was just like floored. Five songs, and they're so good. Oh my god, I really liked it. What um? Did they fire that guy? For uh, Stephen Page for doing blow or something like that, and then they uh, doing they blow and out. getting caught with uh, a bunch of strippers. Yeah, doing <sighs> blow with strippers. Well, that's happened. not out of a rock star's, you know. Yeah, but they had just signed. Uh, they had just signed uh, to a thing to do a kids oh, like shit. Christmas movie and an adjoining Christmas album. It was all family, family, right, right. and all of this stuff. And like the content, I guess, <laughs> took over from the name. No one cared about the Bare Naked Ladies as a name anymore. They were doing kids content, and that kind of just railroaded all of that stuff. Right. So, you know, we have a problem with the name, but, you know, 20 years goes by, but now mm. we're okay with the name, but we have a problem with you doing blow and hanging out with the Rippers, mm. you know, which is, I think, with give ourselves 10 ladies. more years. What? With the Bare Naked Ladies by trade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well done. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. Maybe 20 years from now, Family Channel will be okay with cocaine and strippers. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Which, maybe. you know, maybe the bar keeps on getting, uh, you know, put higher or lower, however you want to look at it. I know. Oh, man. Uh, what was the best concert you've ever seen? Music concert. <sighs> to be honest with you, I and this is something I'm trying to change, and uh, I haven't been to see a lot of concerts, but I love absolutely love and get lost when i see concerts i'm i'm very i'm such a susceptible to you know uh, to suggestion and to you know being mm. swept away in 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 uh you know i allow myself i can allow myself very easily to go away mentally and, and get lost into a story right and um What was I talking about? <laughs> You're talking about getting lost in a story. <laughs> You're talking about uh, concerts, G great right, concerts so that you've seen. <laughs> right. Um, uh, I saw Radiohead. That was uh, definitely a benchmark band for me because mm. um, they're very theatrical. They're very cinematic in their music so you can mind dance you can let yourself go you know go away get swept away for a bit mm -hmm. um uh i saw oh hoxie workman's a great performer mm -hmm. you get to sit and watch this guy and he's like he does his own different arrangements and shit for his he's just so brilliant then i saw david wilcox a long time ago that was just like a sit down and enjoy the tune type thing yeah. saw hall and oats that was just you know listening to the hits you know getting right getting but yeah. I don't know, I haven't uh I haven't really been like oh my god that concert was fucking amazing. So uh, I guess Radiohead. Yeah, I I, I haven't yeah. Can you I know? can I ask? Yeah. Uh where does the Elasto Citizens rank in all of that? Oh. They rank they're uh, as a uh they rank as in a I never thought as a band that is like I saw twice. Mm. That I remember dancing my ass off, and the fact that I remember dancing and remembering the company that I kept for that night—it was such a cool night—and that ten years we're still talking about it. Yeah, so they're they're up there. I mean, they're they're there because of the emotional uh, connection I had, or to the emotional memory, mm. right? That's why that's why I remember Last of Citizens, mm. as I w as Who I do. I was there by myself. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was. I was there by myself, and, but I was there with uh, work friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it was the first time I actually went out. And I was also, I was just also blown away by the music, too. It was, like, fucking awesome. I, I've never, I don't think I've seen a, 
a live funk band. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a stage filled with a horn section, you know, and, and yeah. there's that power, that wall of sound that comes out. As I said, I'm very, I'm very easily moved. So, th- I mean, yeah, that band definitely is awesome. Hmm. I think uh, Muse would be another great band to, to see as well. I hear they're really good live. Muse? Muse, yeah. yeah. Apparently, uh, J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter while listening to Muse, which kind of gave her a back, kind of like a feeling of a backstory when she was writing the Harry Potter Harry Potter novels. Backstory of what? Just the whole feeling, the world, creating the world. Huh. You know, Muse. Can you, if you can listen to Muse and then look at Harry Potter and the way it looks, the cinematography, it kind of goes. You can kind of feel. Yeah. You know. Well. Man, I've been okay. I I am. I've just started. I'm on page three of book seven, right? Uh, of Harry Potter right Listen now. Listen to Muse while you read the book. I don't know if I can do that because I find uh, I find it distracting from the content that I'm taking. It, you know, like I'm I'm listening to it for different. You know, like I don't just get lost in music anymore. Like I study it. You know. Yeah. And like, it, like I look at the relationships, of the instruments, and the and you know I think like it occupies more of my mind than uh, than just like you know like a like a flight of fancy like you're used to, you know. Right. Um, <coughs> which may be part of the reason why I listen to less music right now, actually. Mm, I'm just yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Best okay, best concerts that I've ever seen. There's always two that stand out among the rest. Uh, like it was, uh, it was Tom Waits and it was Bootsy Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were both just incredible and theatrical. Bootsy had four different costume changes and played all the hits. Tom Waits came on and left and came on again and played all the hits. Like he did a mid program at the uh, at the piano and he opened with Jockey Full of Bourbon. It was just incredible. Bootsy, like just freaking the bass was so loud, it shook the my spine. My kidneys hurt for like an hour after that show. It was so fucking like mm-hmm. the bass was so fucking loud. It was awesome. Um but then there's so many other like great ones, you know? And, and yeah, like the company you were with too, you know, uh like I saw, Jesus, uh, I saw a bunch of them at the Phoenix, which is one of the great venues, I think. Uh, I saw George Clinton, the P-Funk All-Stars. Mm-hmm. I got a uh, public enemy. Oh, wow. I got up on stage with George Clinton uh, at, uh, before it was the Sound Academy, remember? Yeah. Yeah, that place on the, uh, on the waterfront. Anyway, uh, public enemy I saw there, too. Uh Sharon Jones and the Gap Kings. Uh, an ex-girlfriend got me tickets to see James Brown. Oh, dude. Just like less than a year before he died. It was in like February or something when he died that Christmas. See, that's... Oh, man. Prince. You saw Prince as well? when Five he was Five weeks before he died. He was playing a piano-only uh, like pop-up concert. It was incredible. It was beautiful. Where was he? Where did he play? Uh, Sony Center, which is weird, but he booked it last minute, right? So like he was like, mm, "What's empty?" You know. It's a rather intimate space for a guy like Prince. Yeah, he did. Um, oh man. He did a seven o'clock show and he did a ten o'clock show. I went to the ten o'clock show and he played for two hours, and then apparently he went to an after party and played all night. Like he just played for like like seven or eight hours straight in a night. You know what? It's weird that we're talking about this because I was mm. just watching Prince's uh, Super Bowl halftime performance that he did. It's incredible. And how everyone was just amazed by, you know, this guy who's going out while it was raining. While it was raining. Had like five <coughs> al- live electric guitars on stage while it was raining. Yeah. <laughs> and and just fucking shit out of the night. wailed and yeah. tore shit up and purple rain while while it was raining like come on you know it's uh and that song is just timeless man it's and that shit came out when i was growing up and yeah 
Yeah. This is 30 years later. And it was weird because that was great music as we were like alive, you know, like, like I came into David Bowie already existing and all the Beatles and the uh, and Jimi Hendrix. And like that was already that had already happened. It was etched in stone. I had to find those people, though. I didn't really. I grew up with barbershop music. No, I grew yeah. up with fucking uh, Bob or Dave or white bread bubblegum. Right, because you're you know, an only child. I'm an only child. So My parents it didn't. Your parents fucking yeah. Right. It's one of the benefits of being a baby is that like you know my brother brought me Hugh Lewis in the News and the oh. Blues Brothers, which led to like me studying exploring the blues. Right. And you know then it led to John Lee Hooker and then it led to Jimi Hendrix and uh, you know like all this stuff. My sister was the Violent Femmes, the Ramones, Van Halen, Bare Naked Ladies, um, the freaking it's they did the album uh, Beezle Bubba. Yeah. Punk rock girl, you look so wild. Just you and me, punk rock girl. Anyway, <laughs> those guys like college rock, freaking pursuit of happiness. You know. Oh, like, I see that. I used to see that guy all the time at HMV. Me too. I see him just walking around the street. I'm an adult now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, my parents were early Elvis, Bobby Darren, very, you know, uh, Beatles, but I want to hold your hand era, right. you know, as my mom would say, before they did drugs, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, you know, John Lee Hook oh, and yeah. Jimi Hendrix and all those guys, there's no fucking way that I would get exposed to that right. by my parents. Wow. Um, so I had to find those people. Uh, my parents, yeah. My parents had Queen in the record collection. They had Blondie. I was blessed with Sesame Street Disco as a child. I had mini pops. Oh, really? And oh, oh I had Sesame Street too. Um, I had the kids from Fame. Do you remember okay. Fame? I had uh, I had all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. But Richard Claterman, Roger Whittaker, oh, Roger Whittaker, oh my album God, Kenny fucking Rogers, oh, Crystal I Gale. Wonder him where. Where we're happy tomorrow. You know, Crystal Gale did an album with Tom Waits. God. As liaison, or like it was a soundtrack Cut to a really terrible film, but the music is beautiful. Uh, it's called uh, This One's, or yeah, This One's From the Heart. No. From the Heart. Anyways, terrible movie. It's the movie that ruined Francis Ford Coppola. But it had this brilliant, brilliant soundtrack that was just too tied to the disaster of the movie. Hmm. Anyway. <sighs> Can we, shall we? Thank you very much, everyone. This has been the Escapismist, the redo of episode one. Yeah, episode one killed it. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah.